0: and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: How week 14 has impacted the Washington Commanders so far and who you want to see win on Monday night. That and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Commanders. You
1: are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever. You're getting this podcast, and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Even during the bye week, if you were part of the Locked On Commanders Insider program, you're getting news, inside scoops, inside exclusive content like insider-only mailbags. We call them command huddles happening every week. End of game final thoughts are coming next week after the Los Angeles Rams game and even more delivered directly to your phone, and it doesn't stop when the season stops. All draft period, senior bowl content, combine content, pre-draft content, All of it I will be coming to you insiders from the commanders facility during the NFL draft should be a very important NFL draft. You get one-on-one conversations with me, go to join subtext.com/slash locked on commanders. To sign up today, I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everyday's. And as always, every day's I appreciate your continued support for the program. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars on today's episode why this Rams and commanders matchup is already a teaching point uh, on how coaching matters before we even talk about the actual matchup going, going on on the field this coming weekend. But first, week 14 hasn't moved Washington too, too much in the standing so far. But with two games left, there is still a chance that the team is going to be impacted directly in the draft order. And unfortunately, if they are impacted directly in the draft order, it is not going to be for the better. So coming into the weekend, we wanted the Bears, Giants, Niners, Cowboys, and Chargers to win. And of course, I say that if you are focused on draft position only. I've talked to a good amount of my insiders who want to see the commanders win. Like They get draft order, I get draft order, but at the end of the day, you tune into your favorite team because you want to see them win. To quote the great Herm Edwards, former head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, you play to win the game. Uh, And a lot of my insiders as fans of the team They want to see wins. They understand draft order, but they want to see wins. And personally, I would rather come here on Sunday nights, Monday mornings, talking to you about Victory Monday versus having to do more group therapy. I appreciate doing all of it, but I would much rather talk about Victory Monday. So I'm on board with that. But if you really, 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 really want the best draft position possible, you wanted the Bears, Giants, Niners, Cowboys, and Chargers to win this weekend. The Bears, Niners, and Cowboys all did that. The Chargers lost. Not only did they lose the game, but they might have lost Justin Herbert for the season uh, at the time of this broadcast. That news uh, is expected season ending injury, Justin Herbert, but is not confirmed as of this time. Now, because of that, those outcomes, the commanders still have a hold of their number four overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft. The Bears are currently in possession of the number seven pick, which makes Washington's second round picks numbers 36, which is their own pick and number 42, which is the Chicago Bears pick. And that is, of course, kind of where this conversation kind of has to shift right because if you're just looking at this through the lens of the Washington Commanders own draft pick the draft pick they own themselves then you want the Bears to win because that pushes the Commanders pick even higher but when you look at the total health of the Washington Commanders draft picks you want the Bears and the Commanders to lose every week if that is your focus because even if the Bears end up with a better first round pick that also makes the second round pick that they're giving to Washington better So you'd end up with, say, three picks in the top 40 or top 35 even compared potentially to three picks in the top 45, which is what it is now. That four or five pick shift in the second round could be significant depending on who the target is. So that's where we stand so far after week 14. But week 14 is not done yet. Monday Night Football, there are two games, uh, not really a doubleheader because they both kick off at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. I will be watching the Titans and Dolphins because, honestly, I've got some fantasy implications in that game. If I win uh, this weekend, I get a bye week in my fantasy playoffs. And if you're a fantasy person, you know how important those bye weeks are. Uh, But the game that impacts the commanders the most is the Green Bay Packers at the New York Giants. Uh, Since the commanders don't play either of those teams in the remaining part of their schedule, I don't need to do any advanced scouting on those. So I'm going to go ahead and be selfish and watch my fantasy matchup versus that. Now, a Titans win alone over the Miami Dolphins. Moves the Washington Commanders or move the Titans rather from number six in the draft order to number eight. A loss moves them to number five, right before or right behind the Washington Commanders. So a Titans win doesn't really impact the Washington Commanders directly this week, but it does hurt the Washington Commanders' strength of schedule, which is the first tiebreaker in draft ordering. So you want the Titans to win, or a Titans loss hurts the Commanders. So you want the Titans to win because then it makes the Dolphins record a little bit less. It drops the strength of schedule for the commanders, which helps them in the tiebreakers, right? Uh, By itself, a Packers win pushes the New York Giants ahead of the commanders to the number four overall pick, while Washington would drop to the number five overall pick. The Giants winning moves them to number seven. The commanders stay at number four. Now their strength of schedule gets worse with the Giants win because the Giants look like a better team then. Uh, So I think that you want a Giants win plus a Titans win that keeps you at number four. If you're the Washington commanders and your strength, your strength of schedule gets a small bump with the Dolphins' loss. Of course, a bump in this case is down because you want the weaker strength of schedule in those draft tiebreakers. If all that uh, makes sense. Now, if that happens, two upsets happen Giants and Titans both win. Then Washington is number four uh, in the NFL draft order heading into week 15 now if the Dolphins and Packers who are both favored to win these games win then Washington will be number five that's the worst case scenario if the Dolphins and Giants win then Washington has number four so there are three ways that the Commanders keep the number four overall pick there's only one way they move down to number five and that's the most likely outcome unfortunately so in the playoff race because the Washington Commanders are still technically in the playoff race and some of you do still care about the playoff race um the the Packers and Giants are both already ahead of Washington in the wild card race, so really Washington just needs to worry about winning themselves. Uh, but I suppose if you really look at it, a Giants win keeps the Green Bay Packers in the number seven seed, but one game away from possibly clinching that final wild card spot. So I suppose in in a sense that would help uh, the Washington Commanders the most. But either way, outside of a tie, uh, a tie would be the most advantageous to the Commanders. But outside of a tie, a Giants win his most advantage to the Commanders playoff chances which are slim to none but slim is still uh there. Of course, if the Washington Commanders want any chance of making the wild card, they still have to they still have to win all of their games. They got to beat the Los Angeles Rams in week 15 coming up. We're going to get into this break a little bit sooner cuz I got a lot of Rams advanced scouting coming for you coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time for you to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? You wouldn't do it in the stadium. Don't do it in your house. Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. You can get pizza, wings, sodas, burgers. If you just need the buns, you can get the buns on DoorDash as well. Get it all delivered without missing a single second of the pregame or of the game. Since I'm doing my episode on Monday live, Monday morning, I went ahead And I got myself some biscuits and gravy from Paper Mill Place restaurant here in Winchester, Virginia. And as I show it to you, I am pre-broadcast and I'm going to be eating this while I finish up my RAM study for today's episode for you all. So get prepared before game day. Stock up if you're a procrastinator like me Order just before kickoff and you'll get your food with plenty of time left on the clock. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. Again, Don't forget to use the code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you order, when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change terms apply. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders, thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day is come back tomorrow. Ron Rivera is meeting with us at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, so we will talk to him, uh, and then I will have a ranting about Ron, of course, segment tomorrow. We'll also do our bi-week AAR. We'll be looking back at the season that was, and I will be giving you four things that I want to see this team do before the end of the season in the last four games and insiders that might sound a little confusing because I told you that was coming in this episode, but uh, I decided to do a little bit more Rams advanced scouting. So I'm going to deliver all of that to you guys here today. Also locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to the locked on sports today channel, on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports twenty four seven streaming channel. Continuing our evaluation uh, of the uh, of the of the Washington Commanders season, looking up at or looking forward to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, so this is the the week fifteen uh, opponent for the Washington Commanders because the Commanders were on a bye, I did have to watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game live uh, because I did my Locked On Bucks show after that. But I did DVR the Rams versus Ravens and got an opportunity to watch the Rams game between doing that show and the Eagles and Cowboys kicking off for Sunday night football and then I did a little bit more deep dive into the Rams on Monday morning before I went live on this episode so our first look at Rams doing some advanced scouting of the Los Angeles Rams just to be clear advanced scouting means we're doing it ahead of the matchup which you know most all scouting is but a little bit further ahead than usual because usually these types of episodes are what I drop uh, later in the week but Looking at the Los Angeles Rams, they lost this weekend 37-31 in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens. So they take the loss. The Rams are now 6-7 and on the season. They've scored 31 points on the current number two scoring defense in the National Football League. And when you have the number 32nd ranked scoring defense in the National Football League, seeing the Rams put 31 points on the number two scoring defense in the NFL can be a little bit intimidating and certainly does not bode well for the Washington commanders, but look, it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to get the, the Rams facing the Ravens is not going to be the same team as the Rams facing the commanders. That could work out well. It could work out terribly for the Washington commanders, but what you see when you watch this game or what I saw, at least when I watched this game, and I had a couple of insiders who were actually watching this game live and, and they were sharing some of their insights. So I appreciate those of you who were doing that with me Um, heavy run game presence, right? There's a heavy run game presence from the Los Angeles Rams. It is a passing league, but this team likes to run the ball, uh, and there is not only effective running, but there is explosive running potential in that rushing attack. Now, they only had one or two explosive runs, I think, against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Kyron Williams' his longest run of the day was 14 yards, but he did finish the game with 25 carries, 114 yards. Did get involved in the receiving game. Didn't go too well for him. Finished with negative yards there, but they did pass to him uh, four times. So he is, he is someone that they are trying to get involved Rushing the ball, catching the ball, and they'll do it between the tackles. He's a smaller-looking dude, but they will do it between the tackles. They'll do it outside the tackle. So Kyron Williams is a full-field threat for the Los Angeles Rams offense. More on him coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford was 23-41, or 41, 294 yards passing, three touchdowns. The leading receiver was Cooper Cup, who had eight catches for 115 yards and a touchdown, and then Stafford was able to throw two more touchdowns, one to tight end Davis Allen. Rookie tight end out of Clemson who got his first career touchdown on Sunday. Congratulations to him. And wide receiver DeMarcus Robinson, uh, who I didn't even know was on that roster until uh, I saw that touchdown play. Six different Rams were targeted in the game. Five of them had catches. The only Rams receiver or player that was targeted and didn't get a catch was Tutu Atwell. Uh, rookie standout Puka Nokua, you may have heard of him, had five catches for 84 yards on the day. So that's kind of the stat box, right? That's kind of the stat scouting. So you see there heavy running back usage, uh, spread the ball, not, you know, too, too much. It's not like 10 receivers are getting involved, but they do spread the ball. It's not just Cooper Cup. It's not just Puka Nakua. They will get the ball uh, around even, you know, looking at a rookie uh, tight end who I think is like third string on their team, at least second string, if not third string on their team. But the Los Angeles plan of attack against the Baltimore Ravens, again, second-ranked scoring defense in the NFL, was pretty balanced, 41 passes to 30 runs, 42 total pass plays, one of them was negated by a penalty, but 41 passes to 30 runs. Uh, they used 11 personnel pretty much the entire game, which is, again, the most popular formation personnel grouping in the net, in the NFL today. Uh, mostly they used even formations two by two. So you got two receivers on the left, two receivers on the right. So mostly balanced uh, looks there. But they did also use a good amount of three by one. So you will some of that. Defensively, uh, six or seven guys were in the box for most of the game. They're definitely willing to press opposing receivers so I would expect that against the Washington Commanders. Uh, The Rams had two corners uh, in press about a quarter of the game um, against guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, who are certainly very potentially explosive receivers. So if they're willing to press uh, against those guys, then I think they'll certainly be willing to press against Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. So I would expect a little bit of that, not necessarily in the slot. So when all three guys are on the field, probably won't get a lot of, of press in the slot, but I would expect a good amount of press coverage from this Rams defense against the Washington Commanders on Sunday. Uh, Rarely did the Rams bring fewer than four rushers, but they also rarely brought more than five. So four or five is pretty much your, your middle ground there for the Los Angeles Rams. Not a lot of blitzing, which on, you know, in theory sounds good uh, on the surface. Sounds, sounds like a solid, you know, defense to go against, but we've seen, unfortunately this Washington Commanders offensive line and blocking scheme, not really be able to handle some low blocking or low blitzing uh, defenses in the past. So, You know, it's good news, but we'll see how the Washington commanders can react to just the organic pass rush by itself. Schematically, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, they love to run clear out combinations. This is something that I found really interesting uh, and the use of routes to create the openings that they want in the passing game. It really is a system where it's, it's not that there's just one. You know, pri- obviously there's a primary receiver, but it's not just that there's one receiver and everything is predicated on getting the ball to that receiver. And that if that doesn't work, then everything falls apart because you can kind of look at this system and and see it that way. But in reality, what it is, they have their primary target, whoever it is, it could be Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, uh, whoever, and you really notice that when you watch Matt Stafford's primary read. Uh, sometimes his primary, his first read, I should say, sometimes his first read is part of the design to get the primary option open, but the other routes around him are, you know, we we call them clear outs a lot of time, but clear out isn't even necessarily the best way to, to describe it because it's not just clear outs. The best example that I can probably describe here, uh, looking, at, looking at the All-22 following their game against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, there's a short pass in the second quarter that goes to wide receiver Cooper cup. That is essentially what I'm going to call a deep wide receiver screen, right? So when you talk about screen passes, you always want to get, you're getting the ball, you know, to somebody usually in the flat or out wide. Sometimes you have tunnel screens in the middle of the field, but regardless of where it is, screens are are always identified by what, by getting blockers in front of the receiver. So that once the receiver has the ball in hand, there's hopefully a convoy of blockers ahead of them to help gain those extra yards. Well, in this situation, uh, Cooper Cup goes in motion. He's lined up on the left side of the Rams' offensive formation. He motions to the right. Uh, the Rams snap the ball. They hit play action right off the bat. That sucks the Ravens' defense in towards the run because again, uh, Williams have been gashing them for for pretty good gains uh, up to that point in the game. Uh, Cooper Cup's running free out on the right side flat. Matt Stafford immediately turns to him, hits him with the right side flat. He goes up field. Now, if you watch the broadcast tape. You hear him talk about, you know, the, the Ravens defense sucked in on the run and there was nobody on the edge and there was nobody contained. And that's all absolutely true. I mean, bottom line, because of the way the Ravens defense reacted to that pass, uh, to that play, Cooper Cup is gaining, you know, eight to twelve yards, you know, minimum by himself. But it's it's the downfield action that really kind of stood out to me from a schematic standpoint because while Cooper Cup is doing that and running out into the flat, uh, they've also got the Ravens. They also have a tight end. Coming from the right side, he starts on the right side of the formation, running upfield, kind of bends out and then bends back in, and then they've got a receiver running from the left side of the field all the way over to the right side of the field, and when Cooper Cup starts heading downfield, you end up with a tight end and a receiver blocking in front of him about 10 to 15 yards downfield, so that's why I kind of call it like a deep screen design, it was really impressive, really cool, Uh, The result was 27 yards gained by the Los Angeles Rams offense um, and that kind of a play. So you can call that a clear out. Right. So so we talk about clear outs a lot of times where you line up, like, say, two receivers on the left. You run both of them on over routes or, or posts or whatever. You try to get them out of there, out of that area. Then maybe you run a slant from right to left, hoping that the DBs follow those two routes out of that space and you get wide open space. That's a clear out. And that's that's a clear way that offenses today like to use combinations of routes to get get guys opening and scheme some some of these routes open. But this is just another way of doing it where they're not so much clearing out to give a guy space, but they literally designed these two routes from this tight end and this wide receiver to get into position to block for a guy. So they're receiving routes. They're certainly re- you know eligible receivers and guys that Matt Stafford could go to if the Ravens defense didn't buy on the play action or if they came up close on that, on that flat route for Cooper Cup then ideal, you've got receivers coming behind it that you can now hit. But if all goes well, because as soon as again, as soon as Matt has Matt Saffer hit the play action, he immediately went to cup in the flat. If all goes well, you essentially have a wide receiver screen that's got blockers about ten to fifteen yards upfield and or downfield. And if they bite on the play action, I mean, you end up with a twenty-seven yard gain. Really smart design. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like nobody else in the NFL is designing this kind of stuff. When you look at Sean McVay's offense, uh, just play after play after play, man. A lot of these types of, of characteristics are there. Uh, they are really going to test the discipline and the pursuit of the Washington Commanders defense uh, while creating the opportunities they want downfield. Um, you don't just have to hope your receivers and tight ends are in blocking positions when you literally scheme them and route them into those positions in the first place. It's really fun to watch. Uh, Unfortunately, if you're a commanders fan and if you're covering the commanders, like I am this weekend, it may not be as fun to watch in real time uh, because the Washington commanders have not had a good experience and not done well, stopping those kinds of things uh, in the past. So really good stuff from the Rams offensive play design. That's the kind of pattern that you're going to see throughout. Uh, You know, it would be nice if someone like Sean McVay was inside the Washington commanders uh, coaching staff at some point in time. Yikes. Um, Coming up next, we're going to continue our look at the Los Angeles Rams. We've got something that the broadcast pointed out that really kind of caught my attention and really wanted to and made me shift my my view uh, for today's episode. So we'll get into that coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in for Monday nights, double header, not really a double header, but duo of games. I'm taking one player stat line from each of the teams playing. I'm taking Packers quarterback Jordan Love to have more than 228.5 passing yards. I'm taking Giants running back Saquon Barkley to have more than 93.5 rushing and receiving yards combined. Titans quarterback Will Levis for more than 31.5 pass attempts and a little bit of a bonus pick here. I'm going Dolphins and Titans receivers Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins to combine for more than 164.5 receiving yards go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl use the promo code locked on nfl all lowercase to get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars again that promo code locked on nfl all one word all lowercase at prizepickscom slash locked on nfl to get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Like I mentioned earlier, I was going to lay out some goals here for the final four games of the season uh, coming out of the bye week, but I'm going to save that for tomorrow's post-bye AAR episode. Uh, So come back for that along with some stuff from Ron Rivera's press conference happening on Monday afternoon. Um, But I wanted to look at something that the Rams versus Ravens broadcast pointed out that I thought was really, really interesting and, and kind of indicative of why these two organizations are really kind of in in different places uh, in, in their roster building. So the Rams came into the season with very low expectations. So did the Washington commanders. Um, Now, I think internally the Washington Commanders' expectations were about eight, nine, maybe even ten wins. I don't know what the internal expectations were for the Los Angeles Rams, um, but I know the external expectations for the Los Angeles Rams was they might have a top five, you know, top five pick or whatever. Uh, but right now they're sitting, you know, six and seven. They're not setting the world on fire by any means, but they are sitting six and seven with four games left to play. They're second place in the NFC West, and they're currently the number eight team in the NFC playoff race. So they're only one spot out of the final. Uh, wild card spot. In fact, if the Giants beat the Packers on Monday night, uh, the, 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 the Los Angeles Rams are tied with Green Bay in record, but Green Bay has the tiebreaker, so they would still hold the number seven, but that's how close the Rams are to having a wild card spot. Now, with games against the Commanders, obviously the Saints, Giants, and the Niners, Los Angeles does have the opportunity to likely be favored in three of those final four games. If they finish nine and eight, they'll be alive in the wild card talk until the end of the season, for sure. So that's where the Rams are and obviously, if you're a commanders fan, if you're the Washington commanders, that or better is where you want to be in this conversation. But what's impressive and what stands out about what they've done that Washington hasn't been able to do is the way they're using the players they have. Because both of these teams, uh, I mean, honestly, the Washington players at this point in time, the Washington players roster building effort should actually be ahead of the Rams when you look at what the Rams did, mortgaging their future to win a Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl, and I'm sure they don't regret that. but it did cost them a lot of future capital and future roster development. So they're having to lean on some guys that were not necessarily blue chip guys or highly touted guys coming out of the NFL draft. From there, the Rams, 2023 NFL draft class specifically, they have gotten 128 games of usage out of the 14 players they drafted. Washington, meanwhile, has gotten 55 games of usage out of the seven players that they drafted. That's an average of nearly eight games per draft pick for the Washington Commanders, while the Rams are averaging over nine per draft pick with twice as many players in the mix. Uh, Los Angeles is doing it with no first round picks in 2023. Uh, and they also took quarterback Stetson Bennett in the middle of the draft, who hasn't been present for a single game this season due to personal reasons undisclosed, and it's none of our business. But some of that now could be chalked up to the Rams roster building, right? To win the Super Bowl, like I said, they mortgaged their future. So they brought in a lot of veterans that they weren't going to be able to, to resign and afford. Uh, so eventually, a lot of those players, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, uh, just to name a few, they eventually are not with the Los Angeles Rams and they're scattered around the league, which kind of forces the Rams into a situation where they have to play some of these mid round, you know, later round rookies or young guys because they really don't have a choice. But not only are they playing these guys, and not only are they playing a lot of them, it's not just the quantity of the guys they're playing, it's the quality of the guys that they're playing. Rams' fifth-round receiver, this year, fifth-round rookie, Puka Nakua, has 82 catches, 1,113 yards, and four touchdown receptions. That would make him the Washington Commanders' number one receiver across the board. It would tie him for the most touchdown catches. He would be about 300 yards up in the, in the yards – category and he would have uh, uh, about about 11 more catches i want to say so it's not like you can simply say you know this is just a better team like puka nukua is a fifth round receiver for a reason and it's not that puka nukua should have been a first round receiver and only the ram scouting you know department saw this in him or whatever because he's a fifth rounder for a reason um this isn't a guy that was considered underdrafted when he came out like this is this is all about how they're employing him and the rest of their offense so you can't and you can't even just say well he's playing with cooper cup because cooper cup uh was has been out for four of the games that puka nukua was playing and and by the time cooper cup came back puka nukua was basically a known commodity but he's still been able to produce even though everybody sees him coming now and cooper cup is back on the field so it's not a volume thing because puka nukua's yards per reception is a full two yards more than washington's leading receiver terry McLaurin. So it's not just volume. So it's not like Puka Nakua has got the a, a small yards per reception average and they're just throwing them the ball 100 times a game. He's got a very solid yards per reception average. He's got a very solid win route, uh, route win percentage, all of these things. Uh, the Rams are getting better production out of a fifth-round rookie because of how they use him. Adding to that, they have a fifth-round sophomore, second-year player, running back Kyron Williams, who is also a fifth-round pick. He's currently got 801 rushing yards. 159 carries seven rushing touchdowns and he's got 25 catches for 189 yards and three touchdowns in nine games that's one fewer carry than brian robinson uh and again b rob has played all 13 games this season kyron williams has played nine games this season but he's got one fewer carry than brian robinson about 150 more yards than brian robinson two more rushing touchdowns and only 12 fewer catches than antonio gibson who has played three more games Kyron Williams has the same amount of receiving touchdowns as B. Rob, who again has played all 13 games. So it's it's the the usage of these guys is what is making the difference on these two rosters. Now you might also say, well, it's probably the better offensive line. Well, according to PFF, the Rams have, if you look at both teams' offensive line stacked together, the Rams have two of the top graded offensive linemen between the two teams: guard Kevin Dotson, Dotson, and tackle Rob Havenstein, Havenstein. But after that. Washington has six offensive linemen graded higher than the Rams third best graded offensive linemen. So you've got two Rams at the top of the list, six commanders offensive linemen. Then you get the third Rams offensive line. So it's not just that the Rams offensive line is better. In run blocking, Washington has six of the top ten graded linemen in these between these two teams. Uh, the Rams, again, have the best two there. In pass blocking, the commanders actually have the top two pass block graded. Uh, offensive linemen in this in this group and again six of the top 10 so according to pff anyway and you know take that with a grain of salt the commanders actually have the better offensive line holistically while the rams have the top two in a couple of categories but even that the commanders have the top two pass blocking offensive linemen which is where they've struggled the most in a lot of times uh, of course, Washington has given up more pressures. They've given up 100 of them with their top three pressure points. Los Angeles has given up 82 in their top three pressure points. and uh, Maybe that's quarterback differences, but Sam Howell is getting the ball out of 2.79 seconds per throw. Uh, Stafford is getting out at 2.72 seconds. That's a .07 second difference. That's the same gap between the fastest and second fastest thrower in the league right now. So it's not even a huge difference there. So it's not even a quarterback holding the ball too long situation really what it boils down to guys is coaching matters. That is, that is the end result of all this stuff. Coaching matters. Scheme matters It's not just having guys on the field. It's how you use them. We talked about those Terry McLaurin last week. We know Terry McLaurin is talented. Terry knows he's talented. The coaching staff knows he's talented, but for whatever reason, they're not using him in a way that maximizes his potential. Meanwhile, the los angeles Rams staff is using guys like puka nukua, who's a fifth round rookie this year kyron williams who's a fifth round running back last year and they're they're i would say dominate almost a dominate but they're doing really good things they're killing guys i mean kyron williams played nine games almost got a thousand yard rushing puka nukua has almost 1200 yards receiving there's still four games left to play the rams coaching staff is simply put putting their players in better positions to be successful than the washington commanders are and it's not even really all that close unfortunately coming up tomorrow we're going to talk about what ron is talking about on monday during his press conference i'm going to give you my bi-week aar from the season that we've seen so far from the washington commanders and four things that i want to see them accomplish before the end of the year in the meantime if you got questions or comments throw them into the youtube comment section or text me directly by becoming a locked on commanders insider go to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to do that Every day, thank you for coming through again, like you always do. Thank you for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please, if you're out and about, be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.